CJ Sabog, number 15. The speed of Pico, he's in, score, Sabog, for another union. The sprint by Ilsenio, flag stays down, Ilsenio is in, Ilsenio with a goal. Hello everyone, this is the Philly Soccer Show. I'm KOW's Greg Orlandini. And I'm Mike Servideo from Philly Soccer Page. And great show this week because we have, to get you ready for the first game of the year, we have Jim Curtin, head coach of the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, always good to talk to coach. Yeah, it's a pretty wide-ranging interview, so uh, let's get into it. How are you feeling coming out of the camp right now, Coach? Yeah, I think we got through it. Uh... First foremost, injury-free. Uh, I think the fitness part of things, uh, we probably pushed them as, as hard as we ever have, um, kind of tapered off on the last game with Tampa um, and, and kind of kept our key guys for New England off the field in that one, except for the last 30 minutes. So kind of a little tapering there, getting them ready for their legs ready for the most important game, which is, is Saturday against New England. Uh, so yeah, we got through preseason. Uh, our, our sports performance department did a great job. Uh, guys were noticeably fit you'd speak with all the other coaches obviously after the game and that was kind of their first comment to us so i think that's a credit to uh performance department staff and and the players for for working hard and first and foremost coming in in good shape which is always the the best way to do it so guys aren't behind and and chasing things so uh that standpoint was good uh fairly happy with how we pressed uh defensively in the preseason Uh, obviously usually the last thing to come is the uh movements in front of goal and getting plays right in the final ball and the weight of that pass. When do you dribble? When do you take a shot? That part kind of comes last. But, um, you know, we scored some good goals in preseason and we're happy with where we are. Uh, optimistic going into week one, which we know we have a tough opponent in New England. So just kind of coming out of camp, like you said, you guys, everybody's feeling good. Uh, a yeah. l- little bit at the last minute of the of training camp, you guys had a new addition. Uh, you talked about it a little bit in, in your press conference yesterday, but what's that like uh, bringing in a, a, a guy like uh, I'm going I'm to give it a try here, Dochell? Was that, yeah, was that right? Was yeah, that right? Was that like good? Everybody's taking <laughs> everybody's taking a shot at it, <laughs> uh, it, and it's tough. It's a tough one. I've literally heard a hundred different pronunciations, <laughs> but when you speak when you speak to the man himself, uh, he lets you get away with anything but the the correct one and i'm going to try it too again but it's it's actually like borjek that's probably the closest i've been so perfect all <laughs> yeah, right so, that's uh, the way you say yeah, it's not an easy one if you that's, say it like that that's the way we're, yeah, gonna, that's say what we're gonna say <laughs> so okay cool so it's kind of you know tail in a training camp you know yeah. the move gets made what's the what's what's that what's that feeling like when when you make a big signing like that kind of towards the end of your uh, training camp yeah, he had been a guy we had been uh, obviously scouting pretty hard, uh, had visited, uh, had, had had ongoing conversations. Uh, Ernie and Chris did an incredible job uh, getting the deal done. Uh, I'll just say China's market isn't the easiest to deal with, uh, so uh, did a good job there. Obviously, we found a situation where uh, he wanted a new challenge. Uh, he's a quality player, uh, a true number 10. Uh, you know, when we set out this, this uh, offseason, we really wanted to add some uh, speed and out wide uh, and a goal scorer out wide and I think we checked that box with David Akam and now uh, a true number 10 and, and Borjek is that he he makes everyone around him better 
Uh, he'll raise everyone's game. He'll, he'll make it easier for CJ. He'll obviously find through balls for, for Afafa, for an Akam, for an Epps. Uh, uh, Harris will be able to find them through the lines, you know, all things I mentioned yesterday. So, again, we're really excited. Uh, you know, his pedigree uh, is, is in character is, is important as well. He's been captain of, of the Czech national team, which is uh, no small feat. So, uh, really excited to get him on board. Obviously, uh, hasn't been able to train fully with our top group yet. I uh, had one little training session with, uh, with the reserves and then has been doing a lot of travel for visa and different things like that. But, um, you know, we'll get them integrated quickly. And in some ways, this kind of super early bye week uh, in, in week two uh, does us actually some favors. <laughs> yeah, I think that was going to be my question. It, it doesn't seem like he's going to be ready to go for Saturday, but you got two weeks off after that. Is it probably safe to say that we'll, we'll probably see him after that bye week? Yeah, he arrives back in uh, this evening. Uh, so from there, we'll have a discussion. Uh, has a little bit of a, a tender ankle. Um, and we'll make a decision. He's going to tell me he wants to play. I know that. But <laughs> that's just any player. But we'll kind of put him through some testing, see how he is. Uh, and, yeah, if he can help us as a, as, a, as a guy even off the bench for a few minutes, it's obviously a weapon, nice weapon to have uh, at the end of the game, whether it's to close out with possession or, or, or if we're you know, chasing the game to get a goal. So uh, we'll see where he's at. Uh, no promises one way or the other yet. But I, I think the key will be, uh, getting them integrated with the group over over the next few weeks uh, in training each and every day. Uh, it's important, you know, to build chemistry. I think he's built chemistry, you know, verbally with guys and gotten to know them. So that part's kind of already in a, in a very good spot. But the on-the-field stuff, uh, we haven't had a lot of time to, to execute that part, I think. How's your first impression of him been? I think that the Chinese league is pretty similar to MLS in their timing, so I think he would have been in preseason there. Was 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 he? And is is did he come in fairly fit? Yeah, so he was he was training in uh, during a break in China. Uh, back, he was training back in Sparta Prague in in the Czech Republic. Uh, so he was maintaining fitness there. Uh, obviously, his camp started back up with this Chinese team. Uh, he attended that, but also had made it clear to them that he wanted out. So, uh, you know, uh, he even worded it, you know, I wasn't going uh, full throttle, <laughs> you know. So, again, I think uh, he's in good shape right now. Uh, I'm sure he has a, another level of fitness that he can push to. But overall, uh, you know, when you see that the testing from the Garrison Draper got us from our sports performance department, you know, the, the meters per second that he's hitting uh, were very high, uh, actually faster than we anticipated and then also uh you know his engine and ability to, to cover ground you know you think of uh we always talk about volume and being able to to wear teams down over time at, at that number 10 spot and he's a guy that has a uh, an engine and, and a high fitness level so we're, we're happy with where, he at, where he's at but i know that there's still uh an acclimation period uh and, and another fitness level that he can probably get to so you mentioned the david a little bit we had him on earlier uh earlier in the preseason and he was a guy you you guys were able to get a little earlier talk about what it's like to have a guy like him a a second the ability to have two scorers out there yeah uh uh, on the pitch which which is something the union really haven't had in a while Two like with cj and him two kind of out and out guys that can put the put the ball in the net yeah, I think you saw the year, you know, Chris kind of had a had the 12 goal year, but then I think CJ's production was wasn't what it was last year, you know, so we didn't have the the two. So you're right on that. And and if even if you think of, you know, union history whether it was Latou carrying the weight, you know, we really never have had uh a dual threat, you know, and and, and in this case, I do feel that 
um, you know, Fafa can chip in some goals. I think uh, Borzik can, can get goals, whether it's off of free kicks uh, and Harris. But, you know, you're, yeah, you're likely looking at just in statistically speaking coming off of last year and then the, the success that they had, um, you know, CJ's a guy coming off a 16-goal year. Uh, David, double digits, uh, you know, pretty consistently in his career. So it just makes defenses have to worry about more than one thing when we get off the bus. You guys see CJ every week and the, the treatment he gets from center backs and referees isn't the best. So uh, the teams will have to focus their energy and, and attention, whether it be during the week preparing or in film room, uh, on, on multiple things, which is is a good thing. And it's something you're right, we haven't had as a club uh, for maybe ever. <laughs> We we obviously don't know what the exact lineup is going to be on Saturday yeah. for the union, but we I think Greg and I have our guesses. Um, yeah, and you're I, probably I, right. And, <laughs> and I, I I think we're both we're both assuming that it's going to be a fairly young union backline. Just I mean, there's almost no choice for it to be. How for, how do you prepare sure. a young group like that going into the season? Yeah, look, uh, you know, we made we sat down and made a decision in the off season. Uh, not to chase any older targets, and especially in the defense, because we believed in the guys that we had. Um, I think Austin didn't play last year, and we brought in Gooch, and Gooch actually did a good job for us. Um, Austin wasn't quite ready, and the, the games that he got in Bethlehem, I think, were incredibly valuable. Uh, we feel now he is ready to take that next step. Um, we've kind of given him the keys. Uh, he's had some really great moments in preseason. It's been you know, probably our, our most consistent uh, defender. Uh, him and Fabinho have been pretty solid, uh, I would say, and uh, probably, you know, 1A or 1B uh, in terms of performance in the preseason. Uh, we do recognize the preseason. The preseason, though, you know, <laughs> when it, when the lights get turned on on Saturday, it's a whole different animal, but we're, we're confident uh, the players around him will help, uh, and he'll do a good job for us. Uh, he has all the physical tools. Uh, listen, uh, I said it to my own staff and assistants, there's going to be a game where there's a challenge for them. Uh, you hope you don't get punished for it, but ultimately young players are always going to make a, a few mistakes, and, and center backs is, is in particular, they're kind of uh, the spotlight's always on you. You know, when when there's a goal scored, uh, there's usually something a center back could have done differently to, to, to help to put out a fire uh, before it starts. So uh, it's a hard position in that regard, but Austin's been excellent. Uh, happy with where he is. Uh, you know, we do need to keep in mind his age, and, and we have to be confident enough. It's my job to run him out there uh, game after game, even if there is a, a mistake, knowing that he's only going to get better and learn from it because the only way you learn is, is on the field. So staying with the defense for a little bit, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Keegan for, for a bit. He um, yeah. say he struggled last year might be an understatement. Just had a really – the had the sophomore slump, I guess, no, no kind yeah. of other term for it, and had the little mm-hmm. little thing at the end with the discipline stuff, with the social media stuff at the end. Not yeah. not the best yeah. way, to, not the best way to end the season. I, I don't think right. you were happy with it. I don't think he was happy with it. But yeah, what, what who is he this year? Who is he this year in camp? Yeah. Is is has he kind of taken that stuff and and kind of built on that? Where where is he at right now? Yeah, Keegan and I have, have been around each other one way or another since he was 16 years old. So uh, our relationship is one that's uh, it's it's a long one. Uh, and there's been, you know, uh, really, really good moments together. There's been uh, challenging moments together. And, and I think that's part of, uh, of, of a soccer relationship. He's a young player that 
you guys have seen has all the tools. Uh, did he have a, a tough year last year? Absolutely. Uh, are the fans mad at me for putting him on the bench? Yeah, absolutely. That That is a decision that I made, right or wrong, uh, and I have to live with it. Uh, I still think, though, that he learned from it. I do think that uh, he still is going to develop and be an incredible player in our league. He already is that, uh, you know, and, and I think that his future is, is, is a very bright one. Uh, he has quality, the quality to be uh, involved in our national team uh, program. He's already shown that. He's been an all-star in the league. While, yes, I made a decision to, to remove him from the lineup last year, uh, sometimes players need that. It happens all over the world at every level, at every different phase of a player's career and development. Uh, I anticipate him bouncing back strong. Uh, and, and being a guy that, that logs a lot of minutes this year, uh, it needs to be said, Ray Gaddis had a, had a good year for us last year in, in, a, in tough circumstances as well, where he was the odd man out the prior year where Keegan played every minute. So um, they're both professionals. They both compete every day in training. They have the utmost respect for each other. Uh, and and I'm, I'm really happy with how both of them have handled preseason. Obviously, one of them is going to be unhappy on, on opening day, but... Uh, that's the nature of our, our game, uh, and, and I know they'll both handle it and, and push the other in the right way. I think with with Keegan struggling a little bit last year, and then you had a guy come in and, and perform really well as a rookie again last year in Jack Elliott. Can, yeah. can he look at that situation with Keegan last year? And, and do you think he thought about that in the offseason? And has he come in as prepared as you had hoped for this coming season? Listen, I, listen again, I, I think that's a fair question. And, and people will talk about, you know, players hitting the wall or not developing. And you could go through each one. And I could I could talk you guys through each one and where they were at. And, and in Derek Jones's case, he did great for us at the beginning of last year. He happened to be playing behind Alejandro when we made the final decision to get Ali back to the number eight. He's playing behind uh, U.S. International and a Bosnian captain of the national team. So that's no knock on Derek. He's still developing and getting better. You know, a guy like Josh Yarrow and, and Fabian Herbers have incredible talent but have been injured a, a ton. You know, they've been in and out of the lineup. There's uh, been situations where they're just not available for selection. So, yeah, that does stall. Uh, development a lot. Uh, you know, Keegan, I did touch on already. I made a decision to to take him out of the lineup, right or wrong. You know, whatever people want to say on that. Uh, but that's you know one guy uh, I've seen now. Austin Trusty really develop and do a good job for us. I've seen now uh, Jack Elliott uh, after being a 77th pick. Uh, we uh, are getting a lot out of, of him and his talent. He's uh, he's shown that he's a very good defender in our league. A guy who is stepped into a spotlight and, and, and risen to the occasion. Uh, great feet, great passer. Obviously, even went out and got stronger this offseason. His defending has been 1v1 defending, which is something he obviously, with the long legs, you need to you need to have quick feet, and he's, he's even worked on that this offseason. So added a dimension to his game. I think he's, he's gotten better. Uh, him and Austin have complemented each other well in the preseason, um, you know, but I am realistic. There are two guys that hit our salary cap at literally zero dollars, and they're going to be playing against five to ten million dollar players every week. <laughs> it's going to be tough, and they're going to have uh, have to be on their game uh, every time we take the field. And, and I think that you know that partnership needs to grow together. They complement each other well. Uh, the guys around them are helping them, uh, and they have a tough task ahead of them, but one that I believe in. It's uh, it's the life of a center back. <laughs> so. 
on the left side now you have Fabinho, who's definitely kind of yeah. taking on the role of the. He's kind of the wily old veteran now on uh, yeah. on the team yeah, and in, in, the, in your defensive core. But you have yeah. Matt Real behind him. I know it's a guy yeah. you and Ernie you're pretty high on academy guy coming through Bethlehem yeah. and all that. Um, how how close is Matt to getting on the pitch where you feel like he could be a regular? Listen, I think Matthew uh, had a little injury in the beginning of preseason, so his his development has been a uh, pretty quick. Again, Matthew was in the Union Juniors when I was there when he was nine years old, and uh, you see him get better and raise his game at every level he gets to. You know, um, you know, he made the decision not to choose college; he chose the Bethlehem Steel. I think it was a smart choice. Uh, put in a good year there. Has been a, a national team player for the United States now on the youth level, and is now. Uh, made the jump in, in only one year's time uh, to the first team. I feel like I'm at a Matthew Real uh, press conference up in the, celebrating up in the, <laughs> the stadium, Talent Energy Stadium Club with his, him and his family <laughs> on, a, on a yearly basis. I joked with him and said, hopefully in, in two or three years we can have another one where he's going to a, a big club in Europe. <laughs> but no, he has that, that potential. Uh, still a young player, and, and for young defenders, it has to be that you learn on the field. So again, a guy who uh, Fabi is teaching. He's kind of mentoring. Um, you know, there's a, a, a little uh, Brazilian flair there. Uh, you know, Matthew's father is from Brazil, so again, they're uh, they're communicating and, and talking each and every day. Uh, Fabi has become almost like uh, the the captain of our team in some ways, in terms of uh, keeping the guys together, keeping the guys laughing when they need it, getting them serious when they need it. And when I say captain, I mean more like a a father or a motherly figure out there that kind of keeps everyone together and on the same page and, and actually has some comic relief, which when, when Fabi, trust me, when Fabi first came, he couldn't speak a lick of English. Uh, the university of Pennsylvania has done a great job with him, And now I, I can't get him to shut up. And so he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's doing interviews in English now and he's, he's been a great guy and, and one that, uh, when I tell our fans that wants nothing more than to bring a, a trophy to this city, uh, uh, he loves the Philadelphia Union. His family has embraced the city, uh, and, and he just uh, kind of embodies uh, everything. And I know he catches, like I've said it before, he he catches some heat sometimes if he makes a mistake. But again, that's the life of defenders. You know, that everybody sees the mistakes and don't see all the the good work you put in in, in the shutouts, and then also in the little things he does uh, outside the field. I know we've we've talked a lot about the the young defenders, but I think that there's there's yeah. one uh, young offensive player that I'm I'm really interested in seeing this year, and that's Anthony Fontana. Um, yeah, I have a feeling that we'll probably see him for for some of the game on Saturday. But how has he come into camp, and how is he handling himself this year? Yeah, I would say that's highly uh, like uh, a very good assumption from you. Uh, he's <laughs> he's done well. He's done well. Uh, listen, the kid is almost fearless in the way where I worry about him and that he's, he's, uh, not phased by the moment, uh, which is, it can be a good thing. Uh, I think as it's gotten closer now to, to, to game time and he's recognizing, uh, you know, that, that, you know, the first MLS minutes are potentially there in front of him. Uh, nerves will be a factor, but, um, he's just a, a quiet again, another one that I've been around since he was nine and he dominated back then. And he's, stepped his level up at, at the pro level and has done a really good job for us. Uh, you know, it's a hard position to play. Obviously, you know, we have things going on around you 360 degrees. We'll just tell him to be simple. Uh, you know, he has a, 
good players in and around him to, to teach and help him every day. So, uh, yeah, happy with his growth. Uh, his ability for a midfielder to score goals is, is what you like. <laughs> you know, it's a, uh, again, don't let, don't let people run with this and say I'm comparing him to him, but uh, the Lampard quality where they <laughs> arrive late in the box and wow. they, and they get goals. So you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 for yeah sure, absolutely. For sure. don't, don't run with, yeah. That's going to be my headline. <laughs> Fontana, is, Fontana Lampard. is Lampard and Gordon Curtin. That's going to be the headline. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay. But yeah, no, he's, he's got quality. And again, he's that he's that happy-go-lucky, you know, he's a Delaware kid, you know, he, mm-hmm. he loves every day of this and he soccer's his life and it's been his livelihood. And, uh, you know, I had to grab him today. We played against the Steel today and they kind of did a, a version of how we think New England's going to play and impressed us in that way. And before and after each half, he's he's given a hug to all the other academy kids that are there, and you have to kind of, Anthony, what the hell are you doing? That's enough <laughs> hugs. Let's go. You have a job to do. We're doing set pieces now over on the other. You know. So again, he's he's a kid, and I have to continue to remember that. But um, this is all new for him, and uh, you know we're, we're happy uh, with the progress he's made this year. And uh, yeah, there's still even bigger and brighter things in his future. So next, I'm going to bring up. It's it's weird because in my head, he's almost an afterthought. But that speaks to how good he is and how important he is and you know and, and just what a top top player he is at his position, Andre Blake. Uh yeah. you know, you guys locked him into to a pretty yeah long term contract. Uh yeah. there was some talk, you know, there was always speculation around him that he might move on, bigger club, Europe, whatever. But you guys have him locked in now and he's been, you know, if not your best player, certainly your most consistent yeah. consistently good player. Uh, how's how's Andre uh, feeling coming into camp? Uh, I think you're you're right, man. It is it's a it's a forgotten position, and it's one that's not even enough credit. Uh, listen, there was the speculation of overseas. I, I'll say it publicly. Andre Andre has the talent and and, and should be playing in Europe. He is that good. Uh, so uh, I'm not, I'm just grateful and happy that we were able to to uh, have him with us again. Uh, you see him every day in training. You guys see the the saves on on the weekend and and while that only may be you know eight or nine in a game or whatever however many shots we give up that game uh what you, what you guys don't see is the the constant every day in training where now he's taking a hundred shots and, and you're just kind of scratching your head going geez you know this, this guy is uh is special um so he's taking a bigger leadership role which is something that i'm, I'm proud of um because he's a quiet guy kind of laid back um but has really taken a, a a bigger role communicating to his back four. Um, he, his presence behind them, you know, lets you be a little bit aggressive with your with your back line. Uh, it allows you uh, to to take a little more risk to go forward to press like we want to press, and, and it's okay to be one v one because even if maybe you get beat and the guy gets a shot off, Andre has a, that huge wingspan behind you, and he just kind of grabs balls out of the corner. So it, it changes how teams can defend. Um, you know, we are encouraging our guys, uh, especially even as center backs, it's okay to be 1v1 if one of you steps all the way into midfield to, to make a tackle. But we want to play uh, proactively and not reactively, and Andre kind of is the one that allows us to do that. So, yeah, you're right. He has been mm-hmm. special for us, most consistent guy over the past few years, and uh, we're fortunate to have him. I, I think the, the my follow-up to that is going to the other end of the field and to, to talk a little bit about C.J. Sapong. I mean, C.J. had a career yep. year last year, uh, 
maybe not surrounded with the most consistent attack. I think uh-huh. you're, you're, you would probably consider it a, a little bit more dynamic this year with the addition of David. For sure. Um, do you think yeah. he has another level to jump this year? And, you know, do you think there's there's a chance maybe we might get to 20 goals or 25 goals? He has it in him. Uh, certainly. You know, you look back even at this year, and I can even feel I could I could throw a few that he almost – um, defers and tries to pass uh, to maybe help and get another guy going. I think he did it with Chris uh, against Minnesota where he almost pulled out of a tap-in thinking it was going in so Chris could get a goal. So, I mean, they're out there. <laughs> he gets chances. Um, he has become uh, really good at running in the box, his timing. Uh, uh, we've done a decent job trying to, you know, corral him to stay, especially when we get the ball wide in the 18. You know, he has a tendency to do so much work defensively that he'll run and fight in the in the corners and the channels in the attacking third. And, and, you know, it's almost too much work sometimes, you know, and we love that part about CJ. Uh, he's so selfless. But, yeah, to answer your question, I, I do think he's capable of even more. Um, you know, if he takes all the PKs or whatever it might be, uh, you can obviously start to see the numbers even go up higher. Um, but, yeah, CJ's going to always bring all the intangibles uh, and, and 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 the hold-up play that, that maybe don't show up in the stat sheet. But now, um, you know, he's a guy who, yeah, uh, can get even more goals with, with a little more quality in our attack. Like you said, we have a guy now that can can find, obviously, Harrison is a great passer. Bedoya can pass. Uh, you add uh, Butch Kyle uh, and, and, and David Akam with his ability to stretch the field. Uh, that's, that's some real... Uh, scary, scary weapons, and I think that just makes CJ's production go up. So this is going to be the last That's question. The <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so this is the last question, because then I'm sure you're a very busy man tonight. Uh, yeah. What are your goals for the squad this year, going into it? You know, you're, you know, two years ago you were in the playoffs. Last year had yeah. the had the tough start. Kind of had a middle of the season. Kind of picked up steam and just you know couldn't couldn't get over the red line to get back into the postseason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you made these moves, offense, strengthening your offense a lot. You know, going with you know, going with the kids on the back line. What's how how how, how do, what are your goals going into this year? Yeah, listen from from a team standpoint, it is it's always to to win a championship. I know that uh, some will say that that's not attainable. I've certainly watched and seen every uh, expert. You know, anywhere from. <laughs> Uh, 15 to, to, to 20, 20th. So, uh, again, we're not going to get a lot of credit uh, publicly, but the goal is still to, to lift the trophy. Uh, you know, I feel like as a, as a team over the past few years, playing in the two finals, playing in the playoffs and getting a taste, that's still what we, we strive for uh, is to win a championship. Uh, I will say in order to get to a championship, you're going to have to host a home playoff game and, and win one. And that's that's really that would be a big step forward, I think, for the organization uh, to win a home playoff game. It's something we've never done. Uh, I've talked with our guys about that, but in order to obviously to to win a championship, you have to do that uh, first. So that would be uh, a big goal of ours uh, to get uh, our home fans, uh, our incredible fans in the Sons of Bitten, something they deserve, which is a, a home playoff game, uh, to win that game, to give them the feeling of what that is like. Uh, something that they've been waiting for uh, too long, uh, and, and it's something that yeah we've given a, a little bit of glimpses of you know the, the finals and the heartbreak of those. Uh, and I know I've I've been a coach that's had the highs of those runs and, and uh, the love of the fans, and now it's gone kind of the other way where there's maybe some that aren't so high on me. I'm, I'm 
I'm realistic about what I am as a as a young coach. I'm 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 somewhere in between. Uh, you know, the, those highs and, and those lows. So, uh, again, as a group, that home playoff game would be special. Uh, it would be something that gets me excited, even just talking about it. And it's something that if we can do with our young core and our, our veterans that you know are going to play some entertaining soccer for you guys to, to watch, uh, that would be really special. That would be a, a really successful season. And then after after you win a home playoff game, you know anything can happen yeah. in this league. You guys have seen that. Hey, Coach, thank you very much for uh, taking a little bit of time. I know you're really busy getting ready for Saturday and uh, telling us kind of what's going down with the team. Uh, good luck Saturday and good luck, good luck for the rest of the year, and hopefully we'll get you back on. Thanks, Coach. All right, guys. Thanks so much talking to you, and, and it's, it's great talking with people that know soccer because there's <laughs> not a ton. <laughs> I'm, gl- I'm, glad you, I'm glad you think we know what we're talking about. <laughs> there's because... not a ton in the media. <laughs> it's, still we... growing, it's growing on the field in the U.S., and it's growing <laughs> – it's growing in the media. Yeah, in the we're we're trying. We're, we're doing our best. Stuff, so we're trying, you. Coach. It's Thank, good stuff. All right, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Jim. Take All care. Right, bye. Uh, Jim Curtin. I uh, don't know what else to say. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty wide-ranging uh, talk with Coach. And we've known Jim a while now. Yeah. We've talked. We've both talked to him. You, you talked to him a lot, uh, you know, after games and stuff. And it's this is a little different from Jim. I, he was really honest with us. I thought. I mean, as honest. I think he's always very. honest. He's always very he's honest. Very, but I think he's very. But he he really believes in these guys. Yeah, you I, can I, really hear. I it. think there's a, there's more of a tinge of optimism. Yeah. Than, than we've heard in the in the past, um, which I think is exciting. And I, I think I, I'd loved hearing the answer to that last question about the the goals for this year. And and it's not even just to make the playoffs at this point. It's to host a home playoff yeah. game. And I, I think that's a stronger goal than and just making the playoffs yeah, or, or being around the, those spots at the end of the season. Uh, and, you know, and I think it's also good to hear him say, you know, the ultimate goal is to win the championship because mm-hmm. if that's not the goal, what are we doing here? Right, right. Why are we showing up? Um, yeah, and, and it's interesting that he, he gets the ebb and flow of the fans too. I mean, he's a Philly guy and yeah. all that. And, you know, he's obviously seen what's happened with the Eagles. And mm-hmm. so he understands kind of the, the ebb and the flow, what goes on into the stadium. And you address that. So, it, yeah, and for sure. And, you know, I, mean, I think we all know this about Philadelphia fans too is if the unions start hot, if they win the first three games, the fans are back in, oh, yeah. back in the coach. Oh, everybody, yeah. Everybody's happy. Yeah. Winning solves everything. It Absolutely. Does. And, you know, and if they show an effort too, because effort's very important, Phil. I mean, you can, you can lose, but if you work hard, yeah, fans will accept that <laughs> they 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 get that you're working towards something. So as long as there's an effort, yeah, that you know, I I, I don't know if the union could cash in on that effort any as much anymore, but um, I, yeah, I think to go along with that too, I I I'm excited to 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 hear. That the youth movement is coming in mm-hmm. Philadelphia. I'm excited to to see it in reality when the the team takes the field on Saturday. If we see guys like Anthony Fontana, Austin Trusty, suiting up for the team, because that that that's seemingly been the plan for a couple of years, but it's been a plan not in action. Yeah, and I I, I think we'll all be glad to see it in action. I don't know. If, I don't know if you read this yesterday, but uh, MLS did their season preview with uh, Matt Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I I think this was a little bit of a bold comparison, but he said that maybe the union is angling to be the the IAX mm-hmm. of the MLS in terms of you know having a really good strong young squad, and I you know I think I think Philadelphia fans would probably take that, and it might be a little rough around the edges, mm-hmm. and it might be a little slow to get going over the next season or two. I mean, what, what we talked about this team, this team struggled for an identity, right? And if you could take on an identity of being. And Ajax, where you have 
the best academy in the, in the league where you can produce young players consistently and either keep them here and let them grow yeah. into stars or or sell them on or sell and, them on and, 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 and to, to translate that to to North American sports you can look at if you're a baseball guy you'll get like maybe the Atlanta Braves who've had maybe you know traditionally a great minor league system where they could either grow guys or they had enough talent there where they could sell guys to get guys to make it make another step the way things are going in MLS and if they, they have put the money into the academy that we know and if that starts bearing fruit with both guys like Fontana and Trusty, who can be stars in this league and top players in this league, or guys that you can develop that you could turn into a top star at, uh, through, sell, for, through sale or transfer trades to get like an extra piece. So you're, you feel like you're close to a championship and you need that one piece. You have enough talent that you're developing that you could spend some of that talent to get that piece. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not crazy. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's not a crazy idea. No, and it's 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 seemingly a good plan. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's a plan. And if you see, you know, and there's no doubt in my mind, if Fontaine Trust are starting this week. No, I mean, I, I think I, I he think more Jim, or less confirmed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, think, I mean, I think I, we could kind of guess the whole lineup from from based on what Jim said yesterday I, and today. I, th- I, I think I don't think he's willing to commit who's going to start it right back. If I had to guess, I'm going to say Keegan Rosenberry on a home game against yeah. New England. Um, you know, if, and, if it was away in Portland, I wouldn't be surprised if it was going to be Ray Gaddis. But right. home against New England, it's probably a more and, offensive and right I back. I think if he didn't get that injury, Real might be your star. I don't I, think, I think so. I think he's close. I don't think he's I, as I think close they want him. I think they really want him. I th- to be. I, you know, the way that Jim talked about him, I think that there's mm-hmm. a, he's a guy that they like. Um, I think that they like having Fabinho there for this season as being a mentor. Um, if they can do kind of what they did last year and have. Uh, have Matt Real sit a little bit behind Fabinho and learn learn the trade a little mm-hmm. bit and maybe get a chance later in the season that, like they did with yeah. Gileano Wijnaldum last year. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's a bad trajectory for no. a guy like no, Matt it's Real. No, ter- it's not a terrible idea. Radio.com. Let's, let's talk about uh, so let's talk about Dutch Joe. Yeah, uh, that's, um, that's, it's done. It happened. It happened. There's it's a ten done. on the team. Um, they he, signed a second player. <laughs> he sounds like he's the guy they need. He's exactly yeah. the guy they need. He can he can score. He's got some quality on the dead ball situation. You know, another yeah. guy. That, that can, yeah, yeah. And I think I, I, they didn't have a strong right foot on that right. last year, which it, it, se- it seems like Doshkal is uh, two-footed. Two-footed. From what, from what I saw, but yeah. dominant right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so you have a guy that could compliment Harris if you need a right-footed guy on dead balls. He can make that pass. He could kind of drift out on the right if if need be, where you if, like Akam, who, who's a guy who likes to get central every once in a while, so they could yeah. kind of interchange a little yeah. bit. So he he could get out. He could get out on the right and kind of make things happen. Uh, you know, he sounds like he wants to be here. I think it's sixty forty. He wants to be here forty percent. He wants to get the heck out. He wanted to get the heck out of China. Yeah, it seemed that way. Um, which hey, it was just fine. Uh, and it's just it's great that this is his landing landing spot for right now. I mean, we could we could talk about the the deal. It's a loan. The whole you know you know buy clause if, if that's going to be there or not. Just it, I think they were beating their heads against the wall a lot with this Chinese team from everything you've yeah. been seeing. They, they were very much playing hardball, so they're going to try to get as much in return as they can. Yeah, fair on them. I mean, 
they made an investment in a player. Yeah, that's that's you, how the you, business works, right? You want you want to you know you're not just going to give them money. You want something in return. Is it going to? I've seen nine million dollars kicked around. That was their initial buy uh, yeah. when, when he came from Sparta, but. I don't know. That's Ernie's job. Yeah, he's got to figure him and him and Albright got to sit down there and kind of crunch those numbers and figure it out. He, but the player's here now. He's going to be on the field probably in two weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm I'm excited about the attack. I'm nervous about the defense. The front four, front six, however you want to slice it up. I'm excited about that unit. Yeah, with, with Fafa on one side, Akam, you got speed. You. And Jim alluded to it. The most important thing for me for a com is he could drag a defender off of CJ. Yes. CJ's not gonna face three guys anymore. Yeah. He's gonna, you know, two he's gonna get more one on one opportunities, two one on two opportunities. He's not gonna like every time he turns around, he's gonna have three guys in his shorts. He's gonna have he's gonna have more space just because you have to respect David Akam. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, I, I think that having a com out there will free up CJ. I think if Fafa Pako can uh sort himself out a little mm-hmm. bit and make make a couple of better decisions in the final third. You know, I think he was probably, you know, five or six plays away from having three more goals and two yeah. more assists For last sure. year. Yeah. Um, so if, if that comes around, you know, I think, you know, you, you, you have the chance for C.J. Sapong to score 25 goals this year. Yeah. Tw- at least 20 goals. Right. With, and, with and, the chances and, that are going to yeah, get Coach Lu- and, and Jim alluded to him get more, more opportunities from the spot. Yeah, so I mean, that, you that, have Roland Albert stealing the ball, man. So that, that, I, almost, I almost said that to Jim, but I yeah, didn't. Right. So that'll balloon his totals a little bit, and I just think he's going to get space. And if he could get a little, yeah, a little bit extra space, that's worth two or three more goals. Do you, do you think? So I think CJ's had two pretty solid years for Philadelphia. I think mm-hmm. two years ago he hit a little bit of a wall. I think last year he had a, a solid year almost all the way through. Um, I think he was one of the most fouled players in the league, yeah. and I, I think that there's a, a little bit of a general understanding, at least from those of us in Philadelphia that think this, that he maybe doesn't get his fair shake of calls. Do you think after the year that he had last year and then combined with what else is going on in the attack this year that there there might be an extra call or two he to gets go CJ's more, way? He gets some more respect because yeah. he hit the double digits. You know, yeah. hit, he hit the you know career high team record. Yeah, uh, I mean, again, make make the baseball analogy. Great pitchers have bigger strike zones, right? You know, uh, you, know you know, Roger Clemens had a bigger strike zone than like you know the, the fifth starter on on the Padres or whatever, because you get that respect. I think CJ made a big stride towards getting that re- respect and getting, you know, and the, the thing is, and it, to to his credit. CJ doesn't complain much. CJ doesn't complain and much. I think, really, I think that's he, a really positive part about it's his It's a game. positive part, but, but... But he could do it you more. Could get, you know, it doesn't hurt to get into the ear of a ref every once in a while. I mean, I don't go crazy. You don't want to go the other way. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to make yourself noticed every once in a while. Because, I mean, to his credit, he's a very genuinely player um, in, in that regard. He, he takes his abuse, more abuse than I've seen most soccer players take and he takes it generally with stride so I, I, yeah I think you make a good point I think he makes that step and and having a guy like a calm around which I, who I think has also kind of has that respect already that'll help him too for yeah. sure yeah it's a yeah it, it, you know that would be that would be interesting um let's talk about the defense some more <laughs> uh I'm ner- I'm nervous. I'm I not going to lie. I think to you're you. probably going to see an Elliot Trusty partnership oh, I, to start I, the there's, season. There's no, I don't. 
Yeah, I, I thought a lot of people thought Richie was going to start. I don't think Richie Richie's your third guy now. Yeah, maybe fourth behind Yar. I don't know where Yaro. Yeah, I don't, is I, in the pecking order right now. Super impressed with Josh so far uh, this preseason. You, you, don't, but, you don't hear you don't hear him in the conversation too much. I think they're. I mean, he's going to be a guy that's in your squad. I think uh, they're going to try to find a place for him. I'd, I think Austin's the guy they're highest on. I think Elliot coming off a you know a, a, a rookie of the year type season he didn't win it obviously, but you know definitely in the discussion for it. I think they really want to get you know they want to get Keegan back online. But you know talking to center backs, I, I think it's going to be Elliot and Trusty. Does it, do I love that? It scares me. I'm not going to lie to you, but yeah. you know. Jim said it. They they made that decision. They're rolling the dice with the young guys back there, and they're going to live and die by that. Yeah, and you know, I think I can I can at least get behind the idea. Uh, if we get a couple of games into the season and they're leaking goals, maybe I'm less behind the idea. <laughs> but yeah. for, from where we sit in the preseason, um, you know, I, th- I think there's going to be a learning curve. You know, I think you're going to see Austin Trusty make mistakes uh, as mm-hmm. a rookie center back is going to do. Um, I think it might benefit him having a guy. That was a rookie last year to be alongside him to to keep to yeah. keep his head up and and to, to give him a little advice from from knowing that situation. Um, and, and you know, if you have Keegan around too, I think he's only a third year player, so I think I think that you know that there is some experience to to help the first year guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a little nerve wracking going it, it, going in with be, the and, two starting center backs that have um, a year of soccer between them. And I, I didn't get into it with Jim. I, I kind of want to ask him, but I think we're going to crunch for time, but. He talked about Derek a little bit. I still think there's minutes for Derek out there, though, just because you're, you're six and you're eight, whoever's kind of in that spot that game. Both guys over 30. Yeah. Harris might have national team. Both of them might have national team uh, sure. uh, duties. So yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll miss some time. And I, and I think especially. And, and, it's, and you know, I, it, it'll be situational. It might be a, right. a road game where you want. A guy that could lock things down a little more, so you might you might see Derek out there just to be a, a big body to kind of lock, yeah. you know, sit in front. And I think that that scenario and a scenario where if you're you're up two one or you're you're up later in a match yeah. and you want to you want to pull, you could you, I think you could probably put Jones in for for Harris yeah. um, for the last 10, 15 minutes of a match when yeah. you're trying to close it out because I mean as as much as we're high on Harris Madunian and he's he doesn't give you a ton on the defensive right. side of the midfield and he's. You know, on the other side of the thirty, I think he's thirty-three. Maybe may hit thirty-four this season. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, sure. So, not making him be a ninety-minute guy is fine, especially if you have yeah, I mean, Derek I mean, that that can spell him. Yeah, especially if you're winning games by not having him be a ninety-minute guy. Yeah. Um. So I I, th- I think that that would be that that is certainly a possibility. Um. And like you said, you know, I think there'll there'll be weeks where. Um, Harris is off on national team duty, or even mm-hmm. if Ali is, All right? Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. I mean I, I have no problem with Derek kind of spelling those guys, and neither of those guys. And if you have a guy like Derek with these two guys, are like I said, are over thirty, and you're making a playoff push, well, because what we've seen in the past with the union have done with the kind of older veteran guys when they when they had uh, uh, a Panovic, uh, Panovic, they beat him in the ground. They didn't have yeah. him for the playoffs. You know, they beat Connor Casey into the ground. He was an older veteran guy, and they didn't really, you know, they lost time with him in the stretch run when they could have spelled him like earlier in the season where they could have had him at the end. So they they kind of had the tendency to beat those guys in the ground. You don't have to do that now yeah. if you have Derek. And, 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 you know, another guy that you could spot in that who's, who's a good 
kind of grinder out there if your name is Warren. He's a good, you know, yeah. Warren Craval is still a very good squad. You know, he's, he's, he's a decent player, but a very good squad player. Very sure. good that you could plug him in in yeah. different situations. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, no, I think I, we're optimistic. This is a little weird. Yeah. Cautiously. Cautiously. Cautiously optimistic. Um, um, I, I did a podcast on Monday with some some guys that do a, a New England uh, Revolution podcast, and they wanted to get a little bit of an opposition report. And uh, they, they, they asked me that straight up. Is, uh, are you – would you call it Kaushik's optimism going into the season? And, uh, you know, this was before the, the Dushkel uh, situation had been resolved completely. And I was like, I don't want to call it cautious optimism yet. Right. But maybe it is a little later in the week now that that's sorted out. Um, you know, I think I think I think that there's there's still a ways to go. You know, I think that the the rest of the Eastern Conference has, has gotten a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think some of the teams that finished around the Union last year might be poised to to, to jump up the table a little bit. Um, so I think you know we'll we'll see how we're feeling after a couple of weeks. But yeah. you know, I think going into this the game on Saturday, we can be a little optimistic. I, I don't think that the Revs are a strong. T- Strong team in the Eastern Conference? No, not right now. There, there's a bit of dissension just with the whole win thing. I mean, he's yeah. back in camp, and, yeah. and but he's not a guy that wants to be there. And yeah, I don't, the guys that I talked to him from the the Six Dates One Pod podcast yeah. didn't. They said that he's not going to be available for the weekend. Right. And I, I think that's yeah, because he. I mean, he got into camp late and all. Yeah. And, um. So I think we're at that point. Do we want to make our first prediction? Oh crap! <laughs> you know what will happen if we don't? We'll, we'll yeah, get the, uh, we'll will get the ire of yeah. that. Um, you know, I'm 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 gonna stick with the uh, the optimistic theme. I'll say Union two uh, 0 uh, I'm gonna go two one. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, CJ and Akam both back. All right. Um, I, I don't you know, I may be in a different mood on Sunday, but I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. Um, you're not gonna be there on Saturday. Right? Uh, I'm I'm gonna no, but I'll be able to watch it in uh, some capacity. It's, it's gonna be like it's gonna be cold. Thirty five yeah, degrees. Gonna be cold. I don't know if it's gonna be cold as last year. Last year was yeah. so cold. Yeah, that might have been the coldest Union game I've been to. It was so cold. I've been to a couple of yeah. cold ones. Uh, that, don't, and don't think that they're pampering us in the press box. No, there's no heat in the press box, yeah. guys. And it's and, and it's there's no windows. <laughs> it's all open air. And, and yeah, you know, it's open air. You get that. You know, get that. Get that fine river breeze coming through. Stiff wind it's off the river. It's great in June, but yeah. it's less great that, in March. That stiff wind off the off the river knocks about ten degrees off everything, <laughs> man. It's oosh. um. You know what we didn't talk about? Yeah, the jeans sponsorship. Hey, I'm a, I'm, a Levi, I'm a Levi's guy. I like Levi's, yeah. so I'm, I'm. You know, if this is if they start winning, this is all funny. Yeah, when they lose, it's a, right. it's, it's going to be a stick to beat them right. with. But if they win, hey, Levi's, it's great. Tattoos, all these things, puppies sure. are all great. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of got to got to get it on the field now, guys. So uh, I want to thank. Uh, Wait, the other thing we yeah, didn't talk one more about. thing. Our, uh, Arsenal was terrible no. this week. <laughs> You should see the glare he's given me. <laughs> did you did you get a chance to watch? Yes, yeah, today oh, terrible. Man. That was like, I mean, that's capitulation. That's what that was today. Yeah. That was just uh, the bunch the, of the, guys. The penalty kick getting saved was like ugh. bunch of guys like you know booking their golf trips. That's yeah. where we're at now. I, I mean, they're you know they split the North London Derby. They're drifting the league. They're scraping through the Europa. I heard uh, Owen Coyle left his fourth division English squad today, so you know he's available if you're looking for somebody. Well, there's the the 
<laughs> the, the one name that almost made me open up one of my veins was Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, which I told you about. I mean, yeah. I mean, as a Reading fan, he was the coach in Reading, and he was fired at Reading before <laughs> he ever went to Swansea or Liverpool. Right. We do not like him in Reading. He does um, not get a round of applause from the Royals. So faithful. that's a problem. Then the other rumor is now, you know, the legend himself wants the job. Mr. Mr. Terry Henry is kind of angling himself to get the get the position. Which I'd rather him than Brendan Rodgers. I'd yeah. rather take a take a chance. What with, is what has Henri been doing? He, I know uh, he's doing some commentary. He does for a while. commentary. I think he's, he's kind of dabbling co- and coaching a little bit. I, yeah. I think he, he's got his licenses. I yeah. Think. So I think he. I say why not? Yeah. You need something. Yeah. Uh, th- th- there's no way he, you bring him back this year. You can't. You just can't. You can't bring Wenger back. I, no. You no, can't. I, I think we said this last year too, though, didn't we? And here we are. But you really can't now. <laughs> I mean, we're we're at the point of no return now. We're. Yeah. We are there. We. Yeah. This is what bad looks like. Yeah. This is what it looks like when you wait two years too long. Yeah. This. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, it was optimistic. So I want to thank Jim Curtin so much yeah. for uh, joining us always this evening. Good to have coach. Yeah, great, great talk. Coach is always a. Uh, always a little funny. He's always a little honest, and it's uh, great, great to hear from yeah, him. One of the, the the easiest coaches to talk to in the league. He really he, is. I mean, he's, I, he's uh, you know he doesn't pull any punches. He's. Yeah. I mean, he's honest about his players, and he's uh, and. Which you don't get from a lot of coaches. I think he's honest about himself. Yeah, you know, he, he which, which you don't hear from coaches a lot, and yeah. he's he's pretty honest about kind of who he is, and which is which is refreshing and, and, is. and interesting. So, I want to thank uh, Jim Curtin for joining us, and uh, we'll catch everybody next week.